Assaults me again, I'm gonna be, be assaulting him. him after I fuck the manager up. Then, then I'm gonna show the register. Let's go back, back to the gap. Look at my check, wasn't no scratch. So if I stole, wasn't my fault. Yeah, I stole, never got caught. They take me to the back and got me, asking me about some khakis. All right, let's do this. But less of black people walking, I bet they show off their talking black key. There we go. Wow, Kanye was deep. It's a great mate. He used to be able to rap, right? Oh, so we don't even. We've been recording, so we don't even need to start this like officially. Okay. Oh no, this is this part is good. All right. Mm-mm-mm-mm. All right. Hello, our, everyone. Our inner voices. Our inner voices. Welcome to another episode of our inner voices. Inner it is voices. your host, Mister Inner Voices, creative name I know. Uh, back for another episode. Um, before we start, because I've been forgetting to do this for the last few weeks. So before we start, please, if you listen to this, uh, make sure you subscribe. On any platforms you're listening to on, um, like and share with some friends and family. You never know, someone in your someone in your um, Rolodex might actually like this. Shout out Jay-Z for putting that word in my vocabulary. Um, but yeah, with me today is a special guest, the one and only Freddie Scott Cracknell. I had to say the full name, you know, full government. I wish you'd just gone with Freddie Scott, man. <laughs> it makes me sound so aristocratic. <laughs> It's more due to a feminist mother, but I'm not going to deny that there is there is some, you know, some aristocracy. Nah, not quite. But I'm not I'm not from the street either, so I don't know what to say. You can't put that in. We got to cut that already. <laughs> Listen, this is this has been like how many minutes is already? It's like thirty seconds. This is the only. Pre- All right, listen. The only person who has been the only person who has nah, made don't, don't. these many demands before is Sahela. You are now in a league with Sahela. Shout out, Sahela. How are you? I got Sahela. My lovely Somalian sister. Is that, if any of this makes the edit. Now, um, <laughs> <laughs> first of all, Freddie, tell us, how was your, how's your day? How's your day been? Uh, my day today was fine. Uh, felt, you know, uh, didn't do much today. I'm just, oh yeah, sorry, got talking to the microphone. It's very unprofessional of me. Um, yeah, I'm just preparing. I'm going away next week, so actually not working at the moment. So uh, I just went for a run, did some reading, um, tried to avoid getting a cold. Basically, that was it. It was pretty boring. Uh, so yeah, good Friday. Mate, good luck with that. Cheers. <laughs> the whole city has a cold. Yeah, I swear. It's, it's true. Like, every time... My mum, every time I'm sick, my mum always goes, oh yeah, everyone I know has got a cold, like, as if, as if it's the same cold. But this is the first time we're genuinely, I know people from completely different parts of the country, everybody's sick. So I think maybe this time it genuinely is for real. It's Brexit. It is Brexit, obviously. Uh, everything that's bad is related to Brexit and colds, obviously, are the latest manifestation of that fact. Speaking of Brexit. Okay. This is a nice segue into today's topic. Right, so as you guys know the format, we usually do not, uh, before the episode um, is released, at the time we record, we don't actually have the topic. We just have an idea of what we would like to talk about. And when we say we, he means Noah has an idea of <laughs> what we're going to talk about. And from what I can tell from the process, the guest has no idea. I mean, we could be talking about anything in this podcast and could be about Chelsea, 
It could be about uh, <laughs> it could be about you know Judaism or religion. It could be about uh, culture, community. I mean, we're about to find out. I'm waiting in suspense, just as you are all listening at home. This so, is lovely. Uh, here you go. This is lovely. So Noah and I will introduce whatever the topic is. I'm very excited to hear. So. All right. So I've been getting some uh, complaints. Well, not complaints, just some um, comments, feedback. Ofcom. Um, Thank you very much for the feedback, by the way. Um, people have been telling me they would like us to cover more topics that are directly related to things going on in the world, and that's fair enough. So on, in, the, in good faith, we're going to do that today. All right. So this week, we had the climate strikers okay. in the tube station. Extinction Rebellion. Okay, I'm painting this picture now, right? This week, we had Boris Johnson come and say he has found a deal with the EU. Yep. Jeremy Corbyn said he ain't having that. <laughs> the DUP was like, we ain't having that. Yeah. This, is all this true. same week, uh-huh. Donald Trump has probably done like 10 other things. Mm-hmm. Same week, I just want to pick this picture for you guys. In the same week, um, the NBA in America has been having some big issues with China mm-hmm. because of one of the, um, the, NBA, the M- one of the NBA um, heads made a comment about Hong Kong. And how the people deserve the freedom. Mm-hmm. Uh, which led to, of course, China pulling money and sponsorships from the NBA. Now, the whole reason we're mentioning, all, I've mentioned all these situations happening is just to hammer home the fact that we live in a world where it is almost impossible to keep up with everything. Yeah. It is almost impossible to keep up with every situation going on. But the problem is, it almost feels as if we're meant to Pretty much since 2016, we're going through a period of uh, kind of intense news cycle often uh, in which there are very quick changing news stories. And of course, having popular kind of what would be billed the rise of populism with the likes of Donald Trump and Brexit and uh, various other governments across the world. I mean, you mentioned what's happened with Trump. I mean, I'd say also Erdogan in Turkey. Uh, You see leaders doing things which are referred to as unprecedented or have never been seen before. So in that sense, we live for a time in which the news seems more and more dramatic every day. I mean, to add to your list, with this week we see in Spain, uh, in Catal- Catalonia, huge protests, trashing the streets in protest of the fact that leaders were uh, sent to prison for 13 years, uh, the SNP announcing that they were pushing for a second referendum. I mean, the list of just events in one week, as you say, is is huge. So I don't think it's... Yeah, I think that that's inevitable. Uh, undeniably, there has been an increase in events, but also it's our social media culture and the fact that we all have news popping through and notifications on our phones that make us feel that so much is happening every minute. I mean, if you turn the clock back 30 40 years you'd be waiting until the 10 o'clock news to find out what had happened that day you wouldn't be getting the information immediately so i think we live in a kind of news culture which is kind of addictive and is constant and makes you feel that there's always something urgent happening and then especially with kind of sensationalist media that make every single thing seem like the most dramatic moment to keep you uh, reading their newspaper and paying for their adverts effectively so yeah, I mean, I think shout out corporate dickheads. Yeah, big up. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sensationalism that we're trying to avoid. But yeah, that's definitely true. I mean, America is ridiculous. If, like, you know, I of course not a fan of Trump, 
But if you do watch CNN, it's just as mental in some ways as Fox News. I mean, it's insane. Like the sensationalism, the kind of constant, we're on the edge of the world and we're about to collapse feeling that you get. Every second. Every second. And they'll never say, okay, today's a quiet day or actually it's not this, you know, in the scale of all the things is not that important. It's a constant kind of... um, constant kind of cycle of news which um yeah i think is it's kind of strangely addictive um and then i'm sure you've had the feeling people listening at home uh, i'm sure you've also had the feeling that sometimes you look at news and nothing massively controversial has happened that day and you're kind of like well that's boring bragging worried sometimes yeah it's like what has the journalists not been doing their job or something like they haven't found some unprecedented event but i mean Maybe it would be a nice thing if there would be a few more days <laughs> where there was there weren't so many. Yeah, uh, well, it's swore. like a week. They're swearing on our voice. Bro, my I little brother swore like a, my little brother swore. Uh, well, I don't know if this goes out on BBC channels or not, so I just wanted to be careful. You know, I don't want to. Sure I don't want to tarnish sure my reputation. I might be using this down the line. Before. Yeah, but not on fucking TV. Sorry, mum. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. What if my mum listens to this? Oh, she will. Right? She swears more than me. It's fine. <laughs> uh, Anyway, um, so yeah, that, I can't remember what we're talking about, but that was a fascinating point. Now, this is like I, I love I love how you've broken it down, uh-huh. right? F- like you said, very you said forty years ago, forty odd years ago, you Even would be less, waiting, yeah. you'd be waiting for the news, right? I feel like there's a there's a middle ground going on here. There's a dilemma going on here. It's a moral dilemma, mm. especially among millennials, but even more so, just in general for human beings right now. It's mixed with social justice, mm-hmm. the feeling that you need to be doing something. So you wake up feeling like, yes, I'm ready. Let's go. Let's fix the world. Yeah. But then you get you get bombarded with like a thousand problems. And every time you pick a problem and you say, okay, you know what? This is my cause. I'm going to fix it. I'm going to work on it. Somebody hits you up and it's like, you're a bad person because... I mean, not always, of course. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, sometimes yeah, they're like, yo, you're a horrible person. How about these people? Like you say, oh, you know what? Black Lives Matter. Yeah, They're like, yeah, how about yeah, the trans? Yeah, yeah, how about yeah, yeah. the transgender that's, community? That's a good point. How about the people in Palestine? How about the people in Syria? How do you feel that this is affecting us as a society? Um, that's a hard question. I mean, I think definitely it does feel it's difficult. It's the same as before. I think there's an element of which there are more problems that we face now than there were 15 years ago, than there were 20 years ago, 25 years ago. So in a way, it's right that people feel that there are more problems that they have to worry about because there are. I mean, particularly climate change is a completely new problem and bigger than any other problem that we face, I would say. But also there are issues all over the world of politics, kind of um, racism, various kind of like individual rights, identities, all these kind of things are coming to the fore at, at the moment. So I think there's an element that it is more difficult. But also I think there's an element which our technology, in particular social media, uh, but the internet more generally makes us feel uh, overwhelmed by the number of problems. You know, as you say, if you focus on one thing, ra- rather than being credited for focusing on the thing that you're really interested in, people will either say, well, why aren't you more interested in this thing? Or they say, well, what are you actually doing about it? It's much easier to criticize somebody for st- standing out and saying something than it is to actually stand up 
and say something. And that's why it drives me mad when I hear people criticise. and go, oh, yeah, well, you, you'll say a lot, but what do you actually do about it? And I go, well, at least somebody's saying something. What are you doing about it? And if all you do online is criticise people for caring about issues and then you don't care about any issues yourself, then you're behind that person in terms of contribution. I mean, you're just yeah, that's true. literally just criticising people and making no effort at all. So... What if someone What if someone said to you yeah. for climate change Brexit is more important? I mean I think it's a good point to say you can't fight everything. You can be worried about everything, you can care about everything, but for sure if you want to be if the person, you know, if you want to be an effective voice on an issue, then you're probably better saying okay, my issue is uh, LGBT rights or my issue is climate change or my issue is racism or my issue is whatever social justice wealth redistribution whatever it is and really then get involved in a local NGO get involved in trying to contact your MP or shape policy or do something that's a good thing I think that's better to have an issue that you're really passionate about and doing something in rather than just to talk about a lot of issues and say oh well that's bad that's bad that's bad that's bad but actually what are you doing to change any of them so um yeah i mean i think that in that sense it's okay but what i don't get is people to criticize people and go oh yeah well you think that's really terrible but what about this other thing and then the person who's doing the criticism isn't doing anything about any of the issues well then that's just like that that's, that's when it becomes like a negativity fad. and that's when it's like it's a popular it's popular to dissent yeah and it's easy to make yourself feel good about yourself by saying oh yeah, well I criticise people I don't agree with. Well, go and do something that you care about. Even if it's views I don't care about, I, I don't agree with. I much, I much respect somebody more who, well, I don't know, it's a difficult one, but I think I respect the action of a person who, let's take Brexit, who supports Leave and who's active about it and who organises groups of people to do stuff about it. That's much more, they're actually trying to make a change rather than somebody just sits there and criticizes everyone or either side or both sides or one side or whatever but doesn't actually do anything i mean i don't know but basically i i follow social media a lot especially uh, on twitter yeah and one thing i notice is right selective morality has jumped got, like but <laughs> one thing i've noticed that is even more dire for me is now there's a lot of people who are now going out their way to be like that person doesn't that person's cause isn't aligned with my cause. I don't have a problem with their cause, but I'm going to actively be a protagonist to them. No, sorry, that's the wrong word. Antagonist. Yep. I'm gonna intentionally antagonize them yep. and be like, Well 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 screw them and their views. What are they doing for me? I mean, I think related to that, there's one problem that I can see in society that's developing very fast and social media is making this much worse, I think, which is as you say more and more issues are we're losing the understanding of the fact that there are there are more than two views on issues there are more than two views on how serious climate change are there are more than two views on what to do about lgbt rights racism there are more than two views on economic policies there are a whole series of different views with extremes at either end and between that various different positions and the way that social, it's not only social media, but I think social media adds to this is the sense that you have to pick a side. Either you care about climate change and then therefore, if you care about climate change, you therefore must support everything that Extinction Rebellion do. You must support everything 
that Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez says about the Green New Deal. You must support every element. Or if you don't be on that side, then you must deny completely that climate change is a problem. You must betray everybody as a kind of mad green tree hugging this. And that's really scary because you should be able to have different views within that and understand that and link to that is a problem in that because of this two views world and Brexit is the prime example of that. And, you know, I have an interest, well, a kind of unique, what seems unique, I wish it wasn't unique perspective on Brexit related to this. But most people seem to either be, okay, I'm a Remainer or I'm a Lever and I have to be 100% one side or 100% the other side. And what it doesn't allow is for the each side to reflect on the flaws in their own argument. And that seems to me to be crucial. Sometimes we have to be able to say, okay, I support Remain or I support Leave, but not everything. Okay, so let's say I support Remain, but not everything about the EU is perfect or not everything about the Leavers is terrible. You know, there are some elements that I understand. And the way that social media, particularly Twitter, is the perfect example where you only have what now 280 characters, but previously 140 characters. Yeah, yeah, 280. You can't express moderation in a 280 characters or explain a specific view you have to just be i'm everything one way i'm everything other way and hashtag at the end and it has thing. to be intense and it's so that people catch on so people will want to actually follow and retweet and it then unless you subscribe 100 percent to your view okay so i i um, let's take brexit let's not get into a long brexit discussion but let's take brexit i voted remain i think we should leave the eu with a deal I get people say to me, I explain this to people and they go, what, so you you support Brexit then? No, I don't support Brexit. I think the vote happened. We should leave with a deal. I think the damage of not leaving is, is very significant. You support democracy. I, well, I mean, yeah, the people, people have a view on what democracy means. But the point, the key point related to our discussion is you don't have to be 100% one thing or 100% another thing. And that's half time. Before we continue to the interesting conversation um, you were just listening to, I'd like to play a song for you guys today. Um, usually I put the songs at the end of the episode, but today I decided to try something new and put it mid- midway. Today's song is by uh, it, No Ifs, No Bots. No Ifs, No Bots um, created a song a few weeks ago titled The uh, Life of Ellie, and it talks about the it talks about the story of um of a young woman who he met at church who um after looking into her story a bit more he learned that she had had a very awful thing happen to her when she was 9 she had been raped and it's 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 messed up because you know we're in this society where as young men as grown men we're we're being taught rightfully so how to protect our sisters how to protect our mothers how to protect the women in our lives and when you hear things like this, it kind of just breaks your heart a bit. So without further ado, I'll play you No Ifs, No Buts, Life of Ellie. I hope you enjoy it. And then we'll return to part two. Satisfied, but the things in her heart is classified. I spotted her in church like a while ago. 
by herself, head was low, screwing up her face, all alone, doing fake texts on the phone, couple weeks went by, we here now, we start speaking, and it's clear now, she had a real big heart, base worn out, and she's one day away from a breakdown, I know it's some of the signs, I took a little trip to her mind, she got raped by the age of nine, what, raped by the age of nine, now father's day is torture, the scars from the past it haunts her, the proofs in the pudding like Yorkshire, you can see in her eyes it hurts her I told her one day it will make sense She looked at my face and she asked when Keep your mind off the past but until then Stop telling yourself you're worthless Don't hate your dad, it's petty You can be the next Oprah Winfrey This girl, she's far from stingy Thank God I got a friend like Ellie You're courageous, you're strong And what your dad did, that's wrong Forget grudges, that's long You've come far from the things he's done as much as she's been hurt, she wouldn't dare watch me miss church. She believed in the God she served. She believed in the God she served. Shout me if you need me. I'll be in that spotlight at me. It's never too late, I get taxi. I can't wait till the day that you're happy. Little sister, you're my family. I beg a joke, man, try at me. If you ever get mad or angry, I'm here for you, sis, I'm handy. Ellie, I look up to you, I can tell that you feel uncomfortable, I can tell that the past all troubles you, I will help in every way that's possible, you're caring, and you're beautiful, you're shining, and you're durable, this screw face is not suiting you, yes, you're far from the usual, it's hard but you gotta trust someone, rule talk, please don't hide when the pain comes, counsel, look to your friends when you need some good times, join with your friends when they do come, Ellie, Ellie, I can help if you want, just let me, I see the pain that you hide in your selfies, I'm here for you sis when you're ready, Ellie, Ellie, I can help if you want, just let me, I see the pain that you hide in your selfies, I'm here for you sis when you're ready, Ellie, Ellie, I can help if you want, just let me, I see the pain that you hide in your selfies, I'm here for you sis when you're ready, aye. And now, a return to standard programming. Go. I take another example. Maybe I'm this dangerous one to mention, but it's a good one. I think. I think you discussed it on this show before. Was yeah, yeah, maybe controversy. But you mentioned it before about Liam Neeson. Oh yeah, I think, okay, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, I maybe I'm not the person in the position. But what drove me mad was that Liam Neeson, when he talked about the thing, he talked about what was uh, it? Uh, just just to refresh our uh, listeners, I remember a few months ago Liam Neeson admitted on uh, while doing a press run that in the 70s in Ireland, um, his sister had been raped, or a friend, family friend, a close friend, had been raped like by a black man. And so he had taken, a, I can't remember what that weapon was called, but he had taken it out and gone out of the house looking for the first black man he could see to fight. And um, yeah, so a lot of people had said Liam Neeson was racist for that. So it was terrible. And But the point was, he mentioned this in an interview because he was reflecting on how terrible what he had thought at that time was so really it was a reflection on how bad he felt at that time and how much he regret i mean i think i'm right in saying and you had someone like john that was barnes my perspective as well john barnes who was a very famous black footballer in the you 90s in England, exactly <laughs> who faced a lot of racism come out and say people aren't understanding what liam neeson is saying he's not advocating racism he's saying racism was terrible that i had ended up he had ended up in this perspective and that he regretted that and that he felt terrible about it and that we should all learn from it. And to me, the social, to bring it back to the social media thing or the way that the it creates two sides, it basically made it out that you have to either 
think everything that he said was some disgraceful racism or if you even wanted to pry slightly more into what he was saying or what the value of what he was saying was or what his experience was then you must be some you know you must be advocating for racism or something like that and that scares the hell out of me that there's no room other than two views that have to be diametrically opposed because i do yeah. strongly believe uh, because obviously i follow american culture a lot most mm. people do um and i do believe that american society has a bigger part to play in this issue worldwide than they think and here's the reason and the reason why is if you follow american history let's say let's follow the civil rights movement let's not go into detail but let's say the civil rights movement or other issue movements that have happened historically in america right Mm. the americans have a way of um making it either a or b Mm. You can't be. You can't see both sides. Like when yeah. Malcolm, uh, when Martin Luther King used to say, "Listen, um, the whites aren't that bad. We have good whites who work with yeah. us. Unfortunately, a lot of the whites are bad. They used people used to call him a coon, a sellout, mm. an Uncle Tom. Yeah. When Malcolm X used to say, w- when Malcolm X was strongly believe, strongly believed that all whites were bad and it was just black people who needed to be saved, people were like." Oh yeah, look at him. He's he's you know at least he has a side. Mm. As soon as Malcolm X uh, went to Mecca, came back and started saying, you know what, there are some good white people mm. as well. People were like, oh look at him. He became a sellout, Uncle Tom again. Yeah, and I feel like over time going forward, this issue, this thing has built in American society, and because American society controls so much of the mass media that we consume on in in the whole world when they start evolving towards a certain mindset or ideology, it spreads out into every other facet of our lives. I mean, I think the word that's missing from our discussion, which sums (laughs) it up really is, to me, is polarization. So... Sorry, could you tell what polarization means quickly? I mean, the idea, I guess, of polarization, I mean, I'm not a political scientist, but... uh, I am. (laughs) Actually, technically, I am. (laughs) That's my undergraduate degree, but you know what you're going to say. But, I mean, a basic, I guess, polarization is... Uh, yeah, like we're, it's basically what we've been talking about—the idea that there will be two poles, as it were, or two ideas, um, and that you must choose the most extreme form of either side, and therefore you can't concede that there's anything in between those two sides. And if we look at American politics, it may go back further. I'm not studied American politics in great detail, but I would say starting with George Bush, there's been a process which has led to Trump. Trump didn't start polarization in america polarization in the states as probably pre-trump probably back to reagan nixon even before then but sorry pre-bush back to reagan or nixon but i think most decisively under the george george w bush uh there's been a process of polarization in which if you're a democrat you can't possibly concede that there's anything that you respect about the republicans and likewise if you're a republican the democrats are socialist anti-god anti-american libtards if you're a republican and if you're a democrat the republicans are gun-toting racist mega exactly mega loving and you know at the end of the day i genuine i do believe it's a bit of a political cliche but i do believe that in both countries the uk the us and most countries in the world there is more that unites people than divides them but our political culture emphasizes every day what it is that divides us politicians fight harder and harder and harder to emphasize what makes them different or makes them different from the other side rather than anyone getting any credit for saying actually i'm trying to find a 
a compromise. I'm trying to find a middle ground. And there's lots of stuff you can read online about how the idea of compromise has just collapsed in Western politics. Um, and and why more widely, not just politics, as we're talking about society in general, these kind of views that social media creates that, you know, you can't you can't be anywhere other than one side or the other side. You you know you you see how the people react to someone who says something, mm. and then you're like, well, okay, fuck that. Sorry, I agree with you. Yeah, what do you want me to do? But this is where I feel the biggest problem is, and I I think I'm not I'm not you know able to see into a crystal ball, but I do feel like I've been talking about this for three or four years to people. The biggest problem I think of all of this is that it empowers the people who are genuinely racist, who are genuinely anti-LGBT, because what you're saying is. If you dare to have any opinion that's not 100% agreeing, let's take racism as an example. If you don't, oh, that's a bad example. Let's take um, like using gender pronouns as an example. That's more, that's more what I'm trying to say. If you don't use the correct gender pronoun, then you're portrayed as being anti-LGBT. So you're saying to people who may be just normal people, well, fine, if you're going to call me anti-LGBT, then why don't I, you know, Either I have to say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And, you know, that's fine. That's good. Or you say, well, f- well f- fuck it. Like, if you're going to call me that, then, okay, let's well take another, part, exactly, like- I may as well become that. Take another example. is the woman who said to Gordon Brown in 2010, I'm worried about Polish people moving into the area because I'm worried about jobs. In and of itself, that is not a racist statement. She's not anti-Polish, not saying I don't like the Polish. She was worried about this woman Gillian it's a, Duffy. It's a legit concern. It's have. a concern. It's a concern that somebody has. Even though she was retired. Well, and that's <laughs> it. She was retired. She's but she's from Rochdale, poor area of the north in Manchester. I think a poor area. Sorry if anyone from Rochdale is listening and it's yeah, not my a poor one area. listener from Rochdale. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. But I think I've been there. It's not the greatest. Anyway, the point being is that she wasn't that's not a racist statement. But that Gordon Brown went in the taxi office and they go, oh, that, that bug, bigoted woman. You're basically saying to her, well, fine, even if you have any concern about immigration whatsoever, that you're just worried about how it's changing your community, you're a racist. So what you're saying to that person is go, well, fine, if you're going to call me a racist, why don't I just be a racist? Why don't I genuinely become? And then they interview this woman. Six years later, she's supporting leave. She's saying, I'm still worried about immigration. Nothing's changed. You don't change that person's opinion by going, oh, well, you're a racist. You shouldn't have that view. You change that person's opinion by going, OK, let me hear that. Let's actually discuss the issue. Let's say, OK, I understand that's your concern, but what? the problem like you know that's i i'm listening to your experience but let's see if we can work it out and that's going trying to keep it on this topic that we're talking about about this kind of like two views kind of world that's what scares me is you're empowering those people who say well whatever i say i'm going to be called a racist whatever i say i'm going to be called a this or that so i might as well just be that okay now and that's bad obviously of course <laughs> but now let me play my favorite uh, let me play miss you advocate <laughs> Why not? What would you say to the people who would say, okay, what if, uh, like in the Gordon Brown situation, mm. what if he's gone back and actually had a proper conversation with her, told her everything? Why is, uh, I mean, obviously, if she's concerned, she's concerned, but after everything, she still said, you know what? Nah. We have to do. Are they allowed to, like, I mean, I can't say we, I'm not a politician, but them? I think. Like, uh, you know. Are you happy to exist with somebody who didn't change their mind when you told them to update? I'm not happy that people feel like that, but me not being happy about it isn't going to change the fact that that person feels like that. 
they're still going to feel like that. It's, even if I tell them, you're a racist, you're an idiot for feeling like that. They're still going to feel like that. So it's not... I wish that nobody felt racism or nobody felt an anti-immigrant sentiment. I wish that sentiment, that I wish that were the case of the world that we lived in. That would be lovely. But that's not the case of the world we live in. There are people who are like that. And so I, all I'm saying is I'm not condoning any way that kind of view, but just criticizing that view or ruling it out because you won't engage with that view it doesn't make that view go away. It just empowers that person and makes that person feel more like, well, fuck it. Like, if no one's going to listen to me, then I'm just going to feel my thing, that thing. And that's what I'm saying. And that applies to all of these things, whether we're talking about Brexit, whether we're talking about climate change, we're talking about whatever it is. Just saying, I don't agree with you and you're an idiot for feeling like that, that isn't going to make the person go, oh, yeah, oh, sorry, yeah, no. Oh, yeah, you and your privileged house in london or whatever you think i'm an idiot for saying that oh well sorry i won't believe that anymore i'll go back and shut up and yeah i'll go back and shut up and never talk about it no they're going to go back and be like well screw these people they won't listen to me so i'm going to be even more full-on in my view and then when someone like nigel farage or donald trump or whoever it is salvini in italy le pen in france stands up and says the thing that you've been feeling and you've been told you're not allowed to feel well then of course you go finally Somebody said what I have been feeling this whole time. And that's, you and, know, and, and the, problem... the rise of the far right and the rise of populist rhetoric towards immigration in the UK and Europe is as much to blame, I think, uh, with the people on the left or the people on the centre or whatever you want to call it, liberal people, as it is to do with the far right. I'll use an analogy because we're, we're running late and I promise you guys it's going to be 30 to 30. 35 minutes from now. So Just so the viewers or the listeners at home know what just happened there. Noah went to, to, to describe how long we have left and looked at his uh, his wrist. And of course, he's not wearing a watch. Uh, <laughs> Listen, I have a mental time. Bro. Dude, a classic. Time. The classic. Tell me the time. It's probably been about four hours. It feels like I bet you. Way. I bet you if we look, it's been 37 minutes. <laughs> I don't know, is it? Anyway, right. Okay. Calm. But, so, you know, it's been about 45. But anyway, probably cut out the bit at the beginning. <laughs> Anyway. So, oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but I have also, so I, I feel like this analogy might help shed light on this, hey. right? I feel like, right, there's a there's a circle. Mm. There's a fire starting in that circle. Um, Everybody is there. Everybody is in, uh, standing outside the circle watching the fire. Everybody has petrol with them, right? <laughs> they also have water with them. So yeah. people have one bottle of water, one bottle of petrol. Yeah, you could even step forward and pour water, and the next person steps forward, pours some more water, mm. kills the fire, mm -hmm. or you could pour a bit of petrol. Now the people who'd run things, like people who generate the the, the news and so on, yeah. pour a lot of petrol, yeah. right? The normal people who you would expect, based on normal decency and so on, to pour some water on it, they want to pour water. I feel. But then somebody from the other side says something. Yeah. And, they and they're like, actually, now nah, fuck yeah, this shit. I'm going to pour some petrol. Well, I think, yeah. To add to your analogy. By the way, was that a good analogy? That's a fantastic yes, analogy. Like... But I add one point to one point. The basic problem we've got is both sides think the other side started the fire. We didn't start the fire. <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. I knew you were going to do that. That came into my mind as soon as I finished that sentence. Who started the fire? But this is the point, right? Both sides think the other side are to blame for the fire starting. So they won't go, I'm going to I'll put, help put out the fire. Because they go, well, it's your 
fucking fault the fire started in the first place. I'm like, make it worse. Yeah, exactly. So, like, why would I put it out? I'll just add more because it's your fault. It's your job to put it out because you started it. So, I think that's that's a very good analogy in that that's where we're at. And it's only when we accept that we all live in the house that's on fire and that the only way to get out is if we both put water on it and accept that, you know, we're both to blame for the fire starting in some way that we can move on at all. I mean, without trying to be too sentimental about it or too kind of, you know, a bomber about it. I'm playing the violin. Exactly. (laughs) We do, if we're talking about the UK, we do all live in the same country. We're all going to have to sort this out at the end of the day. If it's Brexit or whatever, we're all going to have to work out this issue. Um, And we're all going to either if things become more divided, we all suffer. Nobody wins. To close us out, today's <laughs> today's beautiful conversation. I'd like to take you guys to uh, the book of uh, Jay-Z, mm. chapter 444, verse 6. And it says, well, it's a whole song, but it says, <laughs> one of the lines of the song says, <laughs> no one wins when the family feuds. So... Exactly. So we should all just have a big family meeting and we should work out what we can do to move forwards together. Oh yeah, and this one also just so just last word. Charlton Athletic on the way back up, back in the championship, coming back to the Premier League soon. Respect. If you support Man United and you're from the south of the UK, you deserve what's happening to you. That's what I want my contribution to be. I know this is all about compromise and finding the middle ground, but if you support Man United, there's no middle ground. You're evil and good luck. Thank you. <laughs> As it's ending like that. Peace.